0: Some struggle to um, adapt to civilian life, if especially if they've been in the military for quite some time. And also if they've been front lines...
1: Welcome to the Bailiwick Express podcast. My name is Matthew Leach. I'll be joined each week by a guest for a series of podcasts. Each will shine a light on topics from across the Bailiwick. The format will change week to week. We'll have debates, reviews, hot seat interviews and special guests. So stick with us as we offer some insight on some of the most important issues we in the Bailiwick face. Ex-service personnel can experience anxiety, depression or addictive behaviour much like the rest of us. However, their experiences in the armed forces mean their mental health issues can be more specific and require support from people who truly understand what it means to come home a veteran. The Royal British Legion has been supporting ex-service personnel emotionally and financially for decades and the Guernsey branch has recently launched a mental health support service for people in the island. I spoke to the chair of the welfare team, Marlene Place, and the chair of the central RBL committee, Ben Rowe, about the service and why it's been launched.
2: So it's a new initiative, um, hot off the press, um, and Royal Bridge Legion Guernsey um, are offering to fund four sessions with an appointed psychologist for any ex-service personnel on the island.
1: Okay, so how did this service come about, what did the idea about this come, why did it come to fruition?
2: In the summer we did a pilot study, Um, it was done by Ariane Gouget, who was a student at Bournemouth University and she did a pilot study for us to look at the needs of ex-service personnel returning to the island.
1: The survey was launched in July last year and led by a student, Ariane Rouget, who Marlene referred to. It was launched to find any gaps in the provision and support that veterans receive in the island. I spoke to Ariane to find out why she got involved and what she found out. I tried the number that um, Marlene gave me and I tried the number that you gave me, but obviously something weird's going on.
3: Yeah, I think it's because it's a UK number and it sometimes just goes really funny.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's okay now. We've we've got through to each other, so that's okay. Yeah. Um, just first off, could I get your name and, and who you are?
3: So, I'm Ariane Rouget. I um, am a Bournemouth University student. I do psychology with forensic investigation.
1: That's fascinating. That's great. That's a great course to do. Um, so tell tell me, how did you get involved with Marlene and the RBL?
3: So it started with me looking for a summer placement between my second year and third year of uni. And I'd been looking around and with COVID and everything, I hadn't had much luck. And then a psychologist I had been in contact with said, oh, I have this opportunity um, where you can run some interviews for the RBL to kind of do this pilot study Um, and I thought well yeah that's a brilliant opportunity so I took it on.
1: That sounds right up your street so what exactly were they look what did they want you to do what do they want you to find out?
3: So what they wanted me to do was conduct interviews with ex-service personnel who had come back to the island after their service and to see whether there were things to support on the island and whether there was more that could be done to help their transition back to the island or anything they thought was good or improvements. So really their opinion on what can be done to help.
1: And how did you undertake the, the project?
3: So what we did was I met with Marlene and at first I actually went to one of the Royal British Legion breakfasts. Um, the banter, which I believe banter happened. breakfast. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, And I met with some of the people who I was interviewing there. And then we just went from there and um, formed the questions and specifically what Marlene wanted to know and um, just went from there.
1: And so um, what kind of questions were you asking and um, what kind of results did you get?
3: So we were asking quite broad questions because we wanted to hear their personal experiences. So really just we had some sections. So, for example, we asked about employment or housing and mental health just to gauge what areas they believe that they had support in and which ones they were lacking.
1: OK, and so we are speaking this week about the initiative to offer uh, four sessions with a, a psychologist in Guernsey. Yes. So did your did your survey find that there wasn't perhaps the provision in the island for, for mental health for ex-service personnel?
3: Yes, that was one of the um, big points, actually. So when the service personnel came out of wherever they were, Army, Navy, the UK has a lot of organisations in place. However, coming to the island, it seems that they found... They almost cut off from these. And while there are things in place on the island, specific psychologists for ex-military personnel were lacking. Um, So having this in place will definitely help, I think.
1: And how many people did you speak to?
3: We spoke to 17 males.
1: And was there anything else within your survey that you found to be surprising or interesting or, or noteworthy?
3: Um, all of it was actually really interesting, and there were some things that you wouldn't expect, for example, with employment, people not quite understanding what an ex-military personnel brings to the table or housing for example, some people struggled getting housing because they couldn't have they couldn't show they've been a tenant before because they've been living in army barracks so there are things that to a usual citizen you wouldn't imagine they would have trouble with, but they do.
2: And from that, we found that there was a need for um, uh, for mental health services. Not, We are not an emergency service, really not an emergency service, mm-hmm. um, but we are going to be there if individuals would like to talk to a psychologist um, we will be the first point of contact for the individual but then we would pass all the information on to the psychologist and all communication will then be between the individual and the psychologist so we actually step out of the loop
1: so it keeps it Professional, then, between the person who wants to speak to a, a professional and you know what the, the things they want to discuss,
2: and confidential, yeah. which in Guernsey
1: is a really important factor. And so, you're fully supportive of this? Is this something you think is worthwhile in the island?
4: I think it's fantastic. Um, I mean, mental health is, is a massive thing at the moment. Um, Afghanistan and the withdrawal from Afghanistan has caused a lot of um, anguish with a lot of service personnel, um, suicide rates, depression. Everything has is, is, is hit an all-time high, I think. Um, in fact, I read some stats not long ago that um, suicide rates, etc., are higher than they were in the 80s or something. And there's like a third of the service. There's a third of the Army strength now. So to hit the same numbers is horrendous. Uh, if you look at the number of service personnel we've still got serving. Um, as, an, as an ex-squaddy, being able to speak, speak to people who are... of a a similar mindset. The psychologist that Marlene's got in place is trained to work with military personnel um, because they are different. Squaddies are different beasts. They're trained to do different things. They're trained to experience and etc. So having a a military psychologist, it makes the difference. Um, There's an understanding when you walk in there um, rather than trying to explain it to somebody who has no clue, which is nice not to have a clue.
1: I can imagine. I mean, is the is the community quite large over here, ex-service personnel?
4: Well, Marlene has set up... She's set up so many things uh, in respect to this. Yeah. Marlene has set up a thing called the Banter Breakfast, which is a breakfast attended by uh, ex-service personnel and their families. It takes place once a month. Um, how many of you that, Marlene? 70 a week or something? Yes, 70 a month,
2: yeah. 70 a month, sorry. Years 70
4: years per years. session. Um, but how, how would you would you estimate? You know better than no, I do.
2: Um... Interestingly, we don't know.
1: We're not allowed okay. to data protection. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There's a guesstimate. So There's got to be a, a, a fairly substantial community in yes. the island. Of
2: if we use the UK statistics, then there are probably around 2,000. But we think there are more in Guernsey, mm. because there are a lot more people who have gone... Uh, who have a certain affinity really with the armed forces? Yes, okay. So I can understand think that's
0: that. probably more than that. Well, I did eight years short service in a nursing sister in the Princess Mary's Royal Air Force Nursing Service um, during the 80s, and that was when the Falklands War was on. Um, though I wasn't involved during the conflict, um, I was. I'd after the conflict, I was involved with Air Med and things like that, which is evacuating casualties back to the UK from wherever they happen to be. So uh, I did actually get down to the Falklands after the conflict um, and see it.
1: That was Heather Chan, who is the branch welfare officer for the Royal Air Forces Association Guernsey branch. She has welcomed the support being given by the Royal British Legion.
0: I've been nursing ever since I left the Air Force. And while I've been here in Guernsey, back here in Guernsey, I um, um, have been also the uh, the Royal Air Force Association's welfare officer. So I sort of helped out with uh, um, any local uh, RAF people that needed any support or anything like that.
1: Yeah. When did you first come come across the Royal British Legion? Then how does that tie in? Is that?
0: Um. Well, I've always known about the RBL. Um, My dad was in the Royal British Legion. He he was in the Navy during the end of the war. Um, And so I've always, I I knew about it because dad was quite a, um, you know, he he took part in quite a lot of the stuff, including, you know, the Remembrance Sunday parades and things like that. So, um, but as I said, after, after coming out of the Air Force myself, I sort of, Uh, When I moved here, that is, I sort of uh, knew they existed. Um, But as I said, uh, being Air Force, I I helped out with the Royal Air Force Association and welfare there. Um, I'm very interested in in, in supporting the RBL and everything, mainly because my son is now in the Army. So you never know in the future, he may need some support and everything, but it's a very good service in supporting um, ex-service people and their families, so just like the Royal Air Force Association does as well.
1: And so um, I'm assuming then you clearly support this new initiative they're going for, these uh, four sessions with an appointed psychologist for people who may need it?
0: Yes, definitely. The... Veterans that come out, I and mean, well, those you know, sort of ones that come out of service, a lot of people struggle. Uh, well, not not everybody, but some struggle to um, adapt to civilian life. If they especially if they've been in the military for quite some time, and also if they've been front line and seen anything that you know um, normal um, civilians wouldn't see, um, especially conflict areas and things like that, and. Often or not, um, ex-servicemen maybe struggle to actually talk about it because they feel that nobody would understand it because they haven't experienced it. So they can um, get into trouble with their mental health or not not even actually um, sort of serious mental health, but they may be anxious or um, become depressed or anything like that because they're struggling with what's going on in their minds. And so to be able to uh, offer something where they can have at least somebody to talk to um, to, a, to sort of um, waylay their either waylay their fears that there is more or something more serious going on, um, mental health wise, or just at um, guiding them into the right direction to get some support and help.
1: And so, there, is there quite a large um, ex-service personnel community in Guernsey?
0: Yes, there is, and that that's been shown because the, the um, RBL do um, what we call a banter breakfast, the first Saturday of the months and that has been so well attended i hadn't realized how many ex-service personnel we had on the island and also when you when we have parades like the remembrance sunday and things like that there's a large of section of vets that march with that now so um we as an island here have supplied the um, military with a lot of personnel in various forms in various careers and things like both all three services and Marines as well, you know. Um, so yes, there's a there is a large contingent who have served and are serving with the um, you, you, with the British military at the moment. So yes, it's it's yeah sorry.
1: No, that's okay. Um, I was just didn't mean to cut you off there. I uh, I was just going to ask you. Did mention before, you know, it's important that there is you know help and and people there for people to talk to if they need it. What was the what is the what support is there currently in the island? Is this something filling a void or is it something that's building on what's already established here
0: um It's building on what's established um the r b l do already do a fairly good um welfare support, but when it comes to the mental health um that is a gap. There is a gap, and I think um sometimes the um ex service personnel struggle to actually access any mental health service so this would be filling a gap and it would be a step towards getting um, more in-depth support if they need it. But this would be uh, once, you know, it's um, a service that's not an emergency service, but it's somebody to talk to so they can sort of assess as to um what the problem is, as to whether it's a big problem or little problem. Just having somebody to talk to I think sometimes is the key thing and getting starting on talking about it if something's been um and, you know bothering them.
1: And in your um ex service history I suppose this is something you've come across quite a lot?
0: Um uh, not a huge amount in my field, um but um I do know it exists and I've you know I've um through working with the welfare system within um veterans, um, with venture, you hear a lot about it, about especially PTSD of those that have been on the front line in Afghanistan and, and things that, um, places like that. Um it's because the as I said, when they're in the military they can talk about it because they've got there are with people that um have experienced the same things. Um, and when they come out, they struggle with that um, because they're, they're, people don't either understand what they're going through and why they are struggling um, or don't understand what they're talking about when they do start, if they start talking about it.
1: We're talking about f- f- filling a space, I suppose. I mean, what is, the, is there a provision at the moment well, beyond, beyond the service that you're, you're, you're offering these four sessions? I mean, what is in place for Ex-Service personnel and Guernsey right now? Yeah.
2: Um, Warbridge Legion Guernsey Game brought over um, somebody from Combat Stress in the UK, this was a couple of years ago, Um, and they linked in with some of the local ex-service personnel, and there is now in operation a um, peer support group, so it's a Combat Stress peer support group. Ben can tell you more about that. Yeah,
4: it's run by veterans for veterans. So um, the chap who runs it, a fellow called Neil Tears. Neil um, is ex Royal Marine. Um, he's been trained, he's not a psychologist, but he's been trained as... What term what is it?
2: Peer support leader.
4: A peer support leader, so yeah. He will sit there, he will run the meeting, uh, and it's just a chance for people to offload their issues onto people who will understand them a little bit better. Um, and then they can be pointed in directions, they can just be supported, the... the It's just to show there is a network out there Um, You don't have to suffer on your own You can put your hand up and say I need some help Or you can just turn up and take the mickey out of one another Which is what most of the sessions turn out to be Um, But it's it's, it's like-minded people Getting around together to say I've got an issue with this And then somebody might have an answer or a solution Well it might just be a case of thrashing out there and then on the night Um, It's just good, it's mates in effect um, Who probably don't know each other very well But can talk to each other uh, and, and there is an, uh, an understanding, and acceptance, um, which is great.
1: I suppose it's a specific type of camaraderie that other people may, may not kind of understand. Yeah,
4: <laughs> but, yeah. The, the subjects, the banter is, you wouldn't want to probably sit around in a pub and do it because it would upset people potentially. But you can you can do it in a safe environment where you can say whatever, whatever you want um, and it will be accepted on face value. And as I say, it's, it's a thrashing ground where you can thrash things out and it can be resolved. Um, sometimes it's as simple as that.
1: And so um, if you're hoping that people come forward to, um, you know, if they need to help and they want to, what kind of issues might somebody be facing who might want to come forward and uh, take advantage of this initiative? I understand more about depression and
4: anxiety in the last couple of years than I have done for the rest of my life because it is out there and people are taking notice now. It is real. Um, PTSD is very real. And of course, what the lads and lasses have, have witnessed can have an effect on them for the rest of their lives. So there's more and more coming out of the forces, and somebody needs to pick up the pieces, and we have Marlene
1: and her team and welfare. Oh, a big thank you to Marlene. Oh, hugely. Yeah. It's
2: a thank you to the team, really. Um, not just to me. Something um, it's just gone out of my head but there was something else. That's okay. Oh, yes, we yeah. bought over, Game, War British Legion, Guernsey. bought over, teams to run mental health first aid for armed forces, specifically for armed forces. Okay. So we've trained in the region of 20 people to um, recognize and to support in the early stages. One of the things that has been found um, is that the earlier an individual has treatment or has support, the better it is for them.
1: What is mental health first aid? Is that a...
2: um, The same as first aid, a physical first aid. Um, It's identifying the signs that someone is struggling and being able to provide the appropriate initial support, just initial support, because you can then signpost to more professional organisations, but it's identifying initially. yes Um, earlier uh, again a couple of years before covid um, a doctor from each surgery and in fact four gps went across to the uk to king's college to the um, uh, symposium conference that was going on about um, Mm. military mental health so there is a an individual in each of the practices who has a particular interest in working with armed forces personnel That's
1: amazing it's greater knowledge as well isn't it
2: yes um is it new it's not new it's been going on for a long time but i i think it's more open talked about mm-hmm. isn't yeah. it
4: more yeah. accepted um the less, there's less of the stiff upper lip um there's less of the 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 stigma and um, people will discuss it now, whereas in the past they wouldn't, especially squaddies, nothing wrong with me, I'm fine, um, mm-hmm. and then take it home. Um, but now that there's more of a willingness to, to engage with other people, um, which there never was. I mean, I've been out the arm for a long time now, but back in my day, you wouldn't have done this. Not in a million years, you'd have sat and had a beer and then had a punch-up probably. So things have moved on massively, and it is fantastic to see.
1: The service started on the 10th of January, and if you think you can use it, or you'd like more information, you can phone 07781 131 389 between 7.30am and 7.30pm. And it's important to once again be reminded that the RBL Psychology Support Service is not an emergency service. Thank you for listening to the Bailiwick Express podcast. The title track was Shift My Weight by Luno. If you enjoyed it, I know it's a pain, but please like and share. It all helps, and remember, you can hit bailiwickexpress.com to stay right up to date with whatever is happening in the Bailiwick. You can find us online, on social, on email, and on internet radio. There'll be more from me, Matthew Leach, and all the Bailiwick Express team next Friday.